everyone, I'm Isaac Wood. And I'm Amanda Wood. And we are married. <laughs> and this is Rings to Tags. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Episode four of Rings to Tags podcast. I'm still Isaac. I'm still Amanda. And we are still married, as always. Woohoo. Excited to welcome you guys back after your marathon listening to episode three. Episode three ended up being shorter than the previous two, actually. Oh, man, so, it felt a lot longer. Because we recorded two at the same time. That's right. They haven't listened to the second part yet. So actually, episode three ended up being the shortest of all of our episodes. So you guys should be refreshed and ready to go. Gathered yourselves and you're ready to listen to us pick up some steam for the second half. And you will hear us talk on a number of occasions in this second half about cutting it into two. So you'll notice that we did decide to do that. We cut it into two. So when we went back to review it, <laughs> we were a little late to the game on as we were recording it, thinking that we needed to cut it. We were about 40 minutes after yes. we should have cut it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, we have new equipment and we didn't have our equipment set properly to actually show us the amount of seconds and minutes. Yeah, time that we'd been recording. So we were kind of guessing and we had had some recording difficulties and lost track of time before that. So, yeah, it got weird. So here's what your takeaway should be. Um, when Amanda and I are talking... We have no concept of we time. We have no concept of time. None. So that's probably something we should... Ah, we don't need to work There's on it. There's not really anything to work on there. No. It shows us the time. It shows us the time later, and we handle it. We'll keep talking, y'all. Yep. And uh, if you guys just keep listening, then we'll be in good shape. So it has been one week since we recorded the podcast that you are going to hear the second half of today. But we've lived some life since then. What have we been doing? Well, this past week, I've spent most of this past week in a walking boot. Well, we talked about that before. Did that make it live? Yeah, that was... I felt like that was one of the times we talked nope. and didn't make it. We talked about that. We talked about you being in a walking boot and me being right. About my Achilles? Yeah. Or we're about to talk about that and they're going to hear that in the second half. Yeah, one of so the two. If you haven't heard it before, I tore both of my Achilles over a span of eight months. But the reason I've just been, I tore my left one about six weeks ago. Yes. I'm kind of just now in a boot because. He just didn't want to be. I, this, it just simply boils down I just down tore to the that. other one and I was like, my brain was in recovery mode. And the last half of that recovery is you're just using your foot more. And so I just kind of skipped to the end of the recovery on this one. Because that's an option, if you didn't know. Well, I did it. Um, no, he didn't. Had that's like the whole point. had like four or five golf scrambles over a span of a couple of weeks. And just the foot started barking. And my Achilles so feels great. so weird that with a torn tendon and zero attention, it would yeah. pop back up again as a problem. Yeah, so the ankle started hurting. So now, you know, I'm going to put the boot on and we'll see how that goes. So that's really been my last week. Um, well, also, I mean, that's just like existing in the periphery for you. The number one thing we've been doing this week is college basketball. It's back. 
And you might not be thinking that college basketball is back in August, but apparently that means you don't know about the Kentucky Wildcats Bahamas trip. Yeah, so we've had live college basketball to watch of our Kentucky Wildcats. Fantastic. Uh, Many of you listening probably aren't Kentucky basketball fans. But you will be. Just deal with that part. I was born in Lexington, Kentucky. Amanda's dad grew up just outside outside of Lexington, Kentucky. So we are Kentucky basketball fans. It's part of to the core. Part of what brought us together. Um, Isaac's wearing a Kentucky what, basketball shirt right now. Part of what keeps us together. <laughs> Instead of yelling at each other, we yell at games. Well, uh, yeah, no. <laughs> some of us some yell of us louder yell than others. More. Um, but yeah, that's been exciting for us to kind of get together as a family and watch some things. Kids are into it. Sam Sam likes to express himself through his art. So he he gets excited about something and then he has to draw it. That's just how he responds. So our basement is just starting to be littered with various pictures of the Kentucky Wildcat doing sort of violent stuff. Yeah, we won't to, air all to that. other things. But he, he he draws a pretty like stud Kentucky Wildcat, which is fun. Sullivan likes to express himself by getting angry at commercials like an old man. He is like he's gonna be the perfect ninety year old man one day. Yes. Just he's gonna have like conspiracy theories about commercials and that's gonna be fun to see. He's just for always someone. like <laughs> he's like, I don't care about your need for medication or stop telling me about this and it's like sec network that these games are on so it's not exactly the the like top it's like a lot of pharmaceutical ads the pharmaceutical commercials come on and he'll just be sitting there and he's and they'll go through the list of side effects effects. and he's like that sounds worse than (laughs) (laughs) that's his line that sounds worse than being sick yeah He's a total goofball. Both of them are. But that's been fun. And, you know, this is a good intro to all of you to prep yourselves. Because really for us, it starts full-fledged in October because there's like the opening of college basketball season practices with Big Blue Madness and then the Blue-White game and scrimmages start. And we are all in... I mean, if From we're being tip. honest, it doesn't ever really stop. Like, there's not an off season really for us. I mean, we but. go into morning at the end of the tournament, and then yeah. there's a little bit of a lull through the summer. We are always, like, following recruiting, and all the new guys are on campus, and everybody's back, and Oscar Shibwe isn't trapped in the Congo anymore, and stories like that that keep going on throughout the summer. But it's a fun thing, and it's a fun thing for our family. And I was, like, musing a little bit yesterday because when the Wildcat team goes to the Bahamas, or really, I mean, they do it a lot of places. They do it, I think they've even done it in, right in Kentucky before. But um, they're very service-minded. And Coach John Calipari is really big on teaching these guys who he's training up NBA pros who are going to be men of means and he really puts a lot of emphasis into training them to be good men who are helping others with um that which has been given to them so every time they go to the bahamas specifically they work with samaritan's feet 
which which is an organization that gives um, shoe, they wash the feet of and give shoes to children who are in need, and then they do like a basketball camp with them, and it's a fun day. But they did that yesterday, and out of it came a lot of images of these like just great young men interacting with the kids, and I am just so like thrilled that the main guy our kids are going to remember going nuts over off of the Kentucky basketball team like we have ours like your Tony Delks and whatever from back in like 90 early 90s I think the main guy for our boys the main player that they're going to remember being like all in on is Oscar Shibway and this guy is a man of faith and there are just videos that came out from yesterday of him telling these kids as he washed their feet about Jesus and praying for them. And that's such a great thing. Like when you're into something as a family and you get to, you get to still be able to show your kids like, look, here's a guy that's doing like things that you think are so cool, but like, look how he's living for Christ while he does it. Yeah. And I just love the way they, they make a focus on doing it one, but then also, um, because of their platform, being able to share it so that right. all the fans get to see that too. And, you know, service is a key element of love. And so um, before we get too long-winded again here, we'll uh, get everyone to the second half of our um, our conversation around First love. Corinthians and, and love. What is it and what is it good for? Oh, that's war. What is it good for? Absolutely nothing. Yeah. I don't think that's where we're going that's here. That's not where we're going. <laughs> Love is good for something. Yes, um, and everything. So, uh, you heard us kind of continue through the rest of that that chapter. Um, and then we will look forward to being back with you again. Next week. Next week. And um, we are on Facebook, on Instagram, rings to tags pod, rings number two, tags pod, P-O-D. You can connect with us on Facebook, on Instagram. You can message us, ask questions, interact, follow us on any major platform for podcasts. Subscribe. Subscribe, rate, give us a thumbs up. I don't know. What are all of them? They do all kinds of things. They're all different depending on where you go, but we should be on whatever platform you listen to podcasts on. If you haven't figured that out, you're probably not listening to this right now. Could be. But if you are, kudos. Um, we look forward to the next week. Yeah, and we'd love to hear from you. So without further ado. Episode three and a half. Here it goes. Episode four. Part part two. Part two. Okay, so number three. Love does not envy. Envy. It's one of the seven deadly sins, right? Is it? Yeah, I think it is. One of the least productive things you can do with your time is envy. It's damaging. It's also the root of a lot of sins. So let me ask you this, and I don't know this question. Or okay. I, don't, I, know don't know question. I, I don't you know, know the question. I hope you know the question. Answer. Um, like when this is talking about love does not envy. Yes. Like, so... I don't envy you as someone that I love or like, wh- like what is the a loving envy? person is not just not envious, envious at of all. anyone thou shall not covet. Right. It's sort of like a commandment. Yes. Sort of. So you're not envious of if you are envious of anyone, 
you are not loving them. But all of this is like if you're if you're not this or you are this or like whatever the opposite of what they're telling you to do is, not only are you not loving the person you're aiming it at, you are not a person of love. Yes. You can't be like, oh, I love everyone. But you're like sitting there and you're so, you're seething with envy because somebody else has a car that you want or, or somebody else had a childhood that you wish you had or a past that you wish yeah. you had. Like you can be envious of a great many things. Look around. Or just anyone else gets something good and like it's a good heart check. Right. Um, something good happens to anyone else. Like what's your heart feeling? Right. Do you resent when someone else has something good? Even if you wouldn't call it resentment, do you look at that and think, man, I wish I had that too. That's envy. You're envying. So how does this creep into, how does envy creep into a marriage? Well, I would say, okay, so I guess it's just easy to just give a very specific example. Obviously it can like go beyond this. Um, But if, say you're both, you're both achieving, you both have jobs, right? You're both out in the workforce and you have careers, not just jobs, you have careers and they mean something to you. And your wife gets a promotion and you have been working for a promotion for a long time and you have that little tiny feeling of, oh, I wish that was me. That's envy. Yep. And it's not, it's not okay. It's sinful. Now, you can repent of it immediately. It's not like you're like internal damnation for that one thing. You're already there for plenty of other things if you haven't accepted the redemption of the Lord. But it is sinful. Like, it is a sin to I have that it, feeling. You I can think, capture it. I think it creeps into marriage at, like, even a more granular level. Yes, of I just wanted to So much of the married life is, like... He's, his will he doesn't have to do will. this, and I have his to do this. His will versus her will. Yeah. Like who's, who's choosing what? And, yep. and who gets what? Who chose the furniture? Who, like, you just don't, you don't who agree gets to on do what? everything. Who, who gets to do what on a day And even back to basis. earlier podcasts, whose role is what? Okay, so this week, there was... This okay, there was this thing that kind of went viral that I saw through I think it was actually through not the bee, not Babylon Bee, so I know it was real. Um, it was this lady who makes comics about being a mom. Yep. Okay. She makes these comics about being a mom and she's very like, oh, down with the patriarchy kind of lady. But she is she's married and she has kids and she's taking care of these kids and she went viral this week for actually a, a comic that everybody, everybody kind of hated on her for because it drew attention to the rest of her work. And it was this comic where she's, she's got herself and she's standing in front of a peach with the fruit on the table. And she's like, oh, she says to herself, I'm not going to eat this peach because maybe the kids would like it. And then the next frame is her husband he sees the peach and he says to himself, I'm going to put this peach in my smoothie this afternoon. What a nice treat for me. And if he, I just looked through some of her comics and just ev- every one of them was that, was that, that spirit. Like, oh, look at me. I'm doing all of this. And he's just out. One of them was like, where can dad be found? And it was like taking a nap pooping while looking at his phone 
taking a drive, going. She is so envious of what she perceives as solid the, pooping skills, <laughs> the ability to escape. Um, and she blames it all on like, this is what society has told us that men and women should be doing. And we have to fight against, I'm here to tell you, nobody actually thinks that's no. what men or women, and no, women should no be doing. No one has ever, no one no is man actually has making ever that gone argument. to a uh, men's group, church or anywhere on how to be a man and been told, you should yeah, poop. just on your phone for like 45 minutes take drives and don't be involved in your no that's not advice anyone's giving to anyone um but uh, they're they're clearly not christians and they're the problems in their marriage is clearly immense um i was a little bit encouraged by the fact that people were noticing that she is an angry envious vindictive person who is carrying quite the grudge against the person that when she went to defend herself, she said, he knows I love him. Oh, does he? Because I'm not sure you do. Right. I'm not sure you know what that means. So I think that's a really good example of it, like out there in the world. Also, when you see that stuff, Christian parents, men, women, husbands, and wives, don't, don't, don't laugh. <laughs> like, don't get, like, that stuff, it's, it's tempting to be like, oh, yeah, I've been there. And that all that's going to do is like pull you into this world where you are also feeling those resentful, envious feelings. Well, but yeah, and I, I think there is room, there's room to have, because there are times Oh yeah, no, no, there's room spouse, for humor. Yeah, and I, and I think it's more healthy to laugh at it than to be angry at it. Like, it's how are you choosing to respond, though? It's right. like, where Where's are you your spending heart? your Where's time? Your are you looking at that and being able to get like a quick chuckle because you've seen that before and you don't care? The, or are you using that to feed an anger that you Where the got? envy comes in is like, you know, you know, are you, and, and I won't even do which spouse here, but like, are you a spouse that looks at the one who's who's working and is like, oh man, I wish I could do that. Right. Oh, I wish I, I wish did something I could out of do the with house. That or person. I wish I could stay so, home like she does every so day. So often, or... envy's wrapped up in the grass is greener, right? And we've, you hear so much, so many metaphors Discontent. about the, gra- the grass is greener and they're like, oh, well, it could be because there's sewage leaking under it or whatever, <laughs> right? Like there's so many, or like... The grass is really, own. really green around our septic mound. Yeah, wherever Natasha pees in the yard. So green. Um, so it's like you, if you're envious of something, you only see the goods of that, and you yeah. don't, you don't see multiple. You don't see the negative effects of it, right? So like you could look at like, oh, he gets to leave the house every day and not deal with the kids, but he has to. He goes to an office and he has to deal with all of that with his boss, and sometimes. He, Maybe he's looking at the exact same scenario and like, man, if only I could stay she home gets and play to stay with the home kids. And, and be with the kids all day. Um, and I got to put up with all this junk here that's barely worth the paycheck that I get. Right. And, and so it's like you look at whenever you're envious of something, you only see the good things. You're never envious of the negative aspects. But you also haven't seen – you also don't see what the person did to get to that. Right. Right. Like, and so the work that they do to see that like – and. Just to point out, as you look at the world from a Christian perspective, you don't see the work that they did to get there. That might be hard work. It might also be underhanded and devious, and you don't want any part of it. Um, Speaking of seeing things, as you look around, love does not parade itself in front of others. 
So when you look around and you're seeing things, you shouldn't. So this is kind of like the opposite, right? This is like the op- opposite. Of envy. Like you en- shouldn't make other people envious because you're not parading envy yourself. Is it's you- still not your fault if they're envious. Envy is you parading other people. Right. And wanting what they have. Right. This is you boasting yourself. of yourself. Yep. Yeah. So love doesn't parade itself. Is Love is not boastful. Um, it doesn't need the good that it does. So it goes back to that kindness, okay? You can be kind, but then you boast about it. Oop. Whoops undid the whole thing right so like you don't you don't need the good that you do to be seen by others you can be anonymous you can be out of the limelight you're not looking for praise and honor from the goodness that you do this is the attribute that reminds me of the definition of agape the most like yes agape is a self-giving love which demands nothing and expects to receive nothing so you demand nothing and expect nothing like that's what parading is parading is demanding respect demanding honor demanding adulation um and and expecting right that people will glorify you for it and so it's it's this this to me is almost like the the attribute that defines agape the most yeah you know, you're just loving because you're loving. You do good because good not because is of good. Anything else, right? Like, there's not that anyone's going to be able to return that love. And so, in a marriage, we're called to love each other, um, not to parade the fact that we love each other. Like, not to expect right return back. Not to expect adulation. Not to expect. We don't love. We don't do loving acts. And require the other person to acknowledge them. Well, so that's now, on like the flip side. It's nice for you to acknowledge. No, it, you should acknowledge when your spouse does something good. You should want to acknowledge them because you want to, not because they are demanding it. But there are, I mean, there are couples out there who what they are really focused on is like making sure everybody does the same amount of stuff. And they will, they will sit and they will say, okay, well, who did what this week? Okay, well, that person doesn't have to do dinner doesn't have to make dinner on Saturday they get to do something they like keeping score and um, looking for so so that it, it what it turns into is every act you do is now for the, the adulation. adulation and this kind of rounds into the, the next one it does start to really crank through these love is not number five love is not puffed up so puffed up is like proud arrogant full of yourself big old headed I used to, when we first got married, I thought I was really good at love. <laughs> Marriage thought, has a way of revealing. I thought it was like a spiritual gift God had blessed me with. <laughs> I can't even say I'm it without sorry, laughing. I don't, and you I don't even hear it without mean laughing. to like, but I'm, it's not like I'm even thinking of something specific like, well, that wasn't loving. No, right. It's just like, that's kind of a, but what a 20 seven-year-old thing to think just yeah it just but i think the biggest thing i've learned in 12 years of marriage is that i suck at (laughs) we all do it's so hard because you didn't really know these these things we're talking about you didn't really know all of these things this one specifically it's easy to think you're good at something that you love is not love is not puffed up it's like the more the more humbled you are in that yeah the better you get at loving Yes, you have to be humble. You have to be I humble. I like to think I'm better 12 years in than I was. While still knowing. You know, standing there on our on our wedding not knowing what was going on. Right. <laughs> than he I was not, that you guys, day. He was so nervous. He did not know what to do. 
um, I'm better now and I'll be better 20 years from now than and, I am today. And yet you'll never reach it. So one thing I think is important to talk about in this part of it, like, okay, you're not puffed up. You're not full of yourself. The opposite of that is humility. It is not low self-esteem. Okay? So people talk about Humility their- is not thinking less of yourself. It's thinking of yourself less. Right. So I see, so, I mean, like our culture is all about self-esteem and self-image and self, self, self. And I have to think, I have to esteem myself properly and I have to, nope, not at all. Like to have a low self-esteem that you believe you must overcome is actually to have a very high self-image of yours. Like it's to have a really big picture of yourself that you simply think you're falling short of meeting. That's what causes like your low self-esteem. You will, you will not, you will not raise your so-called self-esteem by telling yourself all of these wonderful things about yourself. The way to not have low self-esteem is to simply not esteem yourself. Like the Bible doesn't call us to esteem ourselves. The disciples were esteeming themselves quite well when they were arguing about who would be the greatest in heaven and sit at the right hand of God, right? At the right hand of Jesus. They had great self-esteem. This is not what we are called to. We are called to be self-effacing. I just think that if you have an accurate assessment of yourself, you're pretty rotten. Yeah. You're pretty rotten at your core. And so... You have... Like, you like, should not esteem the, yourself. There's there's nothing, nothing about there's you to esteem, to esteem, friends. So especially when you're engaged with the God of the universe who is love, right. is perfect, is holy. Yeah. That, like, that's who you esteem. Yeah. And again, this does not mean sit around and, like, whip yourself no. either. No. Like, it's not... No, because he... Don't because, think about yourself. Because... Jesus came so that we would have life and have it abundantly. Right. But we have it through him. It's just, right. it's all on him and not on us. And so the, the love is not puffed up part. The other part where I see this come in, and we might be forcing a whole season into one episode, but like the awareness that you can screw up. like And that you will most likely most like, of the I time. Think, like, like, so one of the, the biggest damages to, to wedding is, or to marriages is infidelity, right? Like one spouse cheats on the other yeah most and common the most very common mm-hmm. it's very common cause of divorce and even probably even more common because there's so many times it doesn't even get found out well right. actually it probably always gets eventually found out but whatever eh, um, i'd say no but i think so often the 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 spouses that fall into that never saw it coming no, and yeah, I think you what like they like, like as soon as you that's say why well it that would get never I would out. never cheat on like no You're it's, in and this is something that like and this may sound weird but like I go into every situation with the thought that I would screw that up yeah no I think that that's the pro, like and that's and the so I have to approach I approach every scenario that I'm in with I'm just one mistake away from screwing that yes. up and that. In the wrong scenario, the wrong state of time, in the wrong world, that I am very capable of doing that. Yeah. And and we've had this conversation before, oh, so absolutely. you're not learning no, this absolutely. for the first time. But like, but that's the not puffed up part to right. like not puff myself up to say, 
I would never do that. No, I, to be very realistic, that I would screw that up yes. in a nanosecond if in the right scenario and if I allowed myself to. So and I think that... And the... so that leads to like love is not puffed up. Love doesn't think of yourself as higher than you are. So I think the bottom line here, we can end this part with this sentence. Keep yourself in the proper place. You are nothing without God. He's the only thing that makes you anything. That's your self-image. That's the only self-image you need. Keep that self-image. Puff God up. Puff God up. Put yourself where you belong, which is neither in esteem or in low esteem. It's in no esteem at all. Number six, love does not behave rudely. This is this one's pretty cut and dry. Don't be a jerk. This one just, it's, it seems so similar to being kind to me. Yeah, but I think it branches out into like, it's not just, like kindness is an intentional act. I think not being rude is sort of like just your general, the way you walk around, you're not, you're not walking in a manner that esteems yourself above other people. So like I tell the kids, <laughs> our son, we have two sons and you can imagine the body noises that often will accompany that at the dinner table and I tell them that a lot like when we talk about table manners it's you're not going to pass gas you're not going to burp you're not going to chew with your mouth open and they're like why I'm like because you're going to show the other people at the table that their comfort matters it matters that they are also it matters that they are happy here even if you have to like twist yourself up, not letting your sounds out, you're letting the people around you know in some way, whether it's indirect or direct, depending on the situation, you're letting them know that you value their comfort over your own or over your own desires. So like, it's the reason, you know, you got to bring your voice down. Why? Well, other people don't want to listen to you scream and we're going to have good manners and not be rude. To show them that they matter. So like their comfort matters. Sullivan is our six-year-old. And it's probably been a year and a half now that he he heard the word kazoontite. <laughs> kazoontite. Kazoontite. For when you sneeze. Kazoontite. Kazoontite. He heard that. But he applies it to when he farts. And he says <laughs> kazoontite. 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 So like a year and a half ago, he started whenever he toots. He says, Kazumta. And you won't even hear him pass gas. He'll so just we'll get be this sitting at the table ball. eating and he'll get this Kazumta. And you're like, and he's ah. so proud of himself, yeah. you guys. Oh my goodness. He's really cute. He's kind of cute. He's but super rude, cute. But so rude. rude and not love. Not love at all. Right. all. Was that, that was only six? That was. We're going to have to get moving here, right? All right? So, number seven, love does not seek its own. So, it's not looking out for itself. A lot of these like cross over. They cross over, but this is so much of what love, we talked about this about earlier, so much of what society says love is, is about yourself. I fall out of love. Right. It, th- I wasn't getting what I needed from right. my spouse. It's all about me, me, me. Right. Talk about self-esteem is very... It's looking at me. I need better self-esteem. I'm focused on myself. Own. Everything's seeking seek your, your own. own. And just like when you look at, you look at marriages around you and it's like... Husband's doing his thing, wife's doing her thing for their own. Everybody needs their me time. For their own glory, their me, their time, me time. Their, their, oh, I got to recharge. I and need. I'm going to just go do it. Right. Well, and 
like that whole, you know, the, the, the self-care. It's kind of the self-care culture, right? I have to do this because I can't pour from an empty cup. Like, listen, friends, you're not the one filling your cup. So you absolutely can pour from, quote, an empty cup. Because if you are in Christ, your cup will not run empty. It's not manicures and nights out with the guys that fill your cup. Right. It's the God of the universe. And so if you are focused on him, your cup will be like the jar of oil for the widow in the famine. What was that? Elijah? Is that Elijah? Elijah. I can't remember if it was Jah. I, I think it was Jah. We should Elijah. know our Bibles better. Her oil did not run dry. Her flour did not run dry. Through the whole famine, she was able to feed her family. Who was filling it? God. It wasn't her. It wasn't her manicurist. It wasn't her therapist. It was God, right? Right. It wasn't her son's night out with the guys that were keeping oil in the jar. You're not keeping your cup full ever. It's not you. This is part of esteeming yourself properly as well. And I don't know about you. When you you. esteem yourself properly, you don't have to look out for yourself. I don't know about you, but like... To go with the cup is full analogy. Like my cup gets filled more when I set myself aside. Like it when I'm being selfish and just doing something just for me, I can feel it drain. Yes. Like that drains your cup. It does. And you can see why because throughout the scriptures, it tells you what you're supposed to do. And if you're doing something opposite of what the scriptures say you're supposed to do, that's going to drain you and not fill you. Romans 12.10 it says, In honor, giving preference to one another. Philippians 2.4 Let each of you look out not only for his own interests, but the interests of others. So I think this is the beauty of marriage. This is the beauty of marriage. And if you can get... And there's so many people out there that aren't at this point because one or one or another or both of the, of the spouses are struggling to execute on this, right? But like, if you can trust that the other one's looking out for you, then yeah, you don't have to. You don't yeah. have to look out for yourself, and so you want to look out for her. Yep. And because you can trust that she's looking out for you, and so you know. And like honestly, like you're better at looking out for me than I am. Yeah. Like I'm an idiot when it comes to taking care of myself. <laughs> I mean, you guys, right now Isaac is wearing a boot on his which which ankle are we on? I took the boot off. The left. Okay. One. It's it, we've been presently in time wearing a boot on your left ankle because he keeps yes keeps more than once tearing Achilles various Achilles in his body. Yep. We're up to two now. I think that maxes it out but don't want to get too confident on that one and i told you i told you that you needed to go a little slower on it you needed to wear things several times and you didn't and now you're back in the boot but i had to score it was the tying run i was on second base so it was a tying <laughs> run and so obviously it was super important but the point being that like I am always looking out for you, <laughs> and I'm always. Looking I thought out you were gonna say kids. the point is I'm always right. <laughs> I mean, that'd be a little I puffed up. On that would be super be a puffed, puffed up. up. No, I was right about this though. <laughs> I was. I'm right about his Achilles. Right, let's get to number eight. Love is not provoked. Provoked to. Each one of these, I feel like, can we go back and do 14 different podcasts on these? I know we might have to cut this one so we. Can this keep might talking. be. This might be a double decker. 
This might be. I mean, we're going to record it all right now. But um, love is not provoked. Like there are so many husbands and so many wives that get provoked. So easily. Provoked by their spouse. Anger. And it's easy. And there's nothing like the provocation. The provoking, the provocation, the provoking that comes from someone that you live with. Oh, because it's absolutely all day, every day, and you just get so irked by the, the littlest things. Okay, so this is where people say something that I know I've said, and I literally like taste it in my mouth and catch myself every time and get so mad that I even say it because it it drives me crazy. He just made me so mad. You say you don't say that often about me, probably. No, There's just no I say like maybe me. not about mad, but like <laughs> I'll say it to the kids. Like you have made me. Another person cannot make you. Yeah, make somebody. Your response. I I tell the boys. Your response is your responsibility, right? Nobody else can make you. If you are angry, you are choosing to be angry. If you're annoyed, you're choosing to be annoyed. You're choosing to be. Provoked. But I think anger in and of itself is not a sin. No, the Bible says be angry and do not sin. Correct. But if you are getting yourself angry and annoyed with a person, typically that actually is a sin. So when so, Jesus well, was angry, he was angry at a system. He was angry that people were taking advantage of the temple of God, right? He had a righteous anger. Even his, he flipped the tables. He he flipped out in there, right? Like any one of us would see someone do something like that and think like, whoa, dude, well, keep yourself together. But he wasn't wrong. Obviously, he was right. So I think the to me, what I read here is that it's more about like you are now, you're turning your anger on it, an individual, an individual for what you see them doing and how you believe that has slighted you. Yep. So in Numbers 22 through 11, Moses was kept out of the promised land because he was provoked at the people of Israel. And I'm here to tell you, they were freaking annoying. Like I literally, one of my regular prayers for myself in life is not to be an Israelite. I say that to myself all the time. I pray that to God all the time. Let me see the goodness that you have done. Let me hold it in my heart. Let me meditate on it. Let me see the blessings from you in my life. Do not let me be an Israelite who looks over all of that, who complains about all of that. And God himself had it up to here. You can't see my hand. It's way up with the Israelites. Yep. He was he was over it with them. Yet he wasn't provoked and Moses was and was punished. Moses did not see the promised but land there's because just, of it. And and so and I, every marriage like we all get provoked. Like this is one that we're probably least good at, right? Yes. Like we get provoked that someone else's actions affect how we love. Um, but again, I think this is another similar to the kind. This is a place where if you feel yourself getting provoked, play the kind card. Yep. It's it's such, it's 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 magic. It's not magic, it's God. It's but God. Like, we don't to, say to magic. To be able to, like when you are feeling irked, yeah. when you're feeling so upset at Turn what it someone around. else is doing, 
take the time to serve that person. Yep. Take the time to be kind to them. But I mean, you see, you see how some people talk to each other. Yeah. They talk about being rude. I mean, again, these all kind of mixed together. Absolutely. But like, that someone will do something that sets someone else off, and the way the they react back. with you around, shoot, in the room. And so, what? How does that happen so when you're not around? Right. Probably um, the same because the thing is that they don't. It's probably not worse when people aren't around. People who are like that, they don't see the problem in their reaction. Therefore, they're probably not tempering it. But this this kind of this rolls into the next one, which is that love thinks no evil. Love thinks no evil. Yeah. So this is like you're not just having a thought and being and like grabbing it and not reacting reacting to it. In this, you are literally not thinking evil of someone in your tendency to say oh that person cut me off in traffic and they're just a jerk and they're that's a violation of this like we should be making excuses for each other in in that in like that kind of sense like it's grace right like it's yep. it's a, it's our best stab at an embodiment of the grace that Christ gives us where we are constantly screwing up and he's like all right, it's all right, we're going to move on from here. And he doesn't get all riled up about it. Like, he's not happy with us. He's God, you know, he doesn't have to be. But when you run into these situations where um, somebody wrongs you, to think no evil means that you're not going to write that down in your book for later, right? To like bring up at a later date. You're not keeping it. If you're keeping that wrong you were thinking about the evil you were thinking evil of the well, person I think these, because you feel a need to hold on to that these two go so well together yeah. because so often what happens is you know spouse one does something spouse two is provoked to anger yep and then spouse two plots revenge or plot or not even that they're going to do anything but just you, i'm going to bring it up i'm going to bring this up later Charlie, i would just love it if they experienced this or that or this or i'm gonna get them back or i'm not gonna do this like just like being provoked sets the stage and plants the seeds for anger and evil vengeance to to take over and vengeance later like if you if you are thinking evil and you are thinking evil of that person now you feel you feel right to retaliate right as well and so you have this this revenge in your mind. Um, now, so then I feel like we get in a couple here that go right together. So we do, but I was just going to say about it though. Like you, okay. Not thinking evil of someone does not rec- does not mean that you do not recognize when someone has done you wrong and you need to done evil that they have done evil and you do not need to keep yourself in that evil. Like when someone has done you wrong because they have done wrong and they continue to do wrong, you, in order to be a loving person, are not required to keep enduring their wrong. You, does that make sense? Yep. Am I it's making not, sense? It's not that you don't... It doesn't say love does not acknowledge evil. Right. It's love does not... Think love does not produce evil. Right. Love so, does not well, create evil. And you can you can say this person is doing me evil. I can observe that, that that is happening. 
Um, and you can end that relationship without a spirit of thinking evil of them. Correct. Those things can exist together. So you could have an abusive parent who you need to end your, even as an adult, like need to end your relationship with or an abusive spouse that you need to end your relationship with and still not hold on to the anger and resentment for what they do to you. You're releasing that and them to God and you're choosing to think you don't no return, evil because you are a person of You love. don't return evil for evil. Right. You don't spread gossip about them. Right. You don't go get them back. You don't stew about it in your quiet times alone. Right, because so much of this, and this is a good point, so much of these elements, like, it's easy for us to picture the physical manifest manifestation of right. them. But a lot of this happens inside your heart. Yes. And that's really where a lot of the damage can be done, where it doesn't even make it out to the surface, but that that the that the evil, that the... Um, the rudeness, the not being kind, the being puffed up, the the seeking your own glory, that that all is in your heart. And right. so beyond just don't do the external things that show the world that you're like this, the tougher part is to not have these things control your heart. Right. And when these things don't control your heart, then you have a much easier time with number 10 which is not, love does not rejoice in iniquity. Which means it doesn't wish the bad things on those evil so the, people. So the previous two, the previous two um, points were don't be provoked, then don't think no evil, don't start no evil, right? Right. But then maybe you successfully do those two things, right? Mm -hmm. You're not provoked, you don't think evil on them, but then because we live in a sinful world and maybe it's God hits somebody. Maybe they and get handles theirs. handles it himself. Right. And but people get theirs, the, folks. In, like the that The iniquity happens. comes. And, and you, you think, well, they deserve Through no fault that. of your own, they get their own and you sit there and throw a party about it. Right. So we're not going to wish bad things on others. We're not going to be happy when the bad things happen no matter who they are or what they've done. So that's not ours, right? Like we don't get like, if some people do get taken out by the Lord Almighty because he says, this is done okay. and you're done. And that's not for us to, like we can, we can appreciate and love the justice of the Lord. Like in the, in Revelation, um, there's a whole section where after God has Jesus has come down and he's won the battle and like all things are done here the saints in heaven rejoice right so like this horrible thing and like it's all rising from the ashes and they're rejoicing they're rejoicing over the justice and the goodness of God that his good perfect justice has happened not, not, not iniquity. you you take it you got it like god is allowed to get his vengeance right he is allowed to to have his perfect justice that's not ours therefore when we see it we can appreciate the justice of god 
we can do that. We can say like God is a God of justice and if that's what he chose, then that's what was meant. But that is a completely different feeling than being like, yeah, yeah, and you see, you got it. This you is got so, it now. This is so hard to execute on a day-to-day basis in, so a, mari- in a marriage hard. that like you're, you're, two, you're two human beings with two different personalities doing two different things that it's so natural for us to kind of pit ourselves against each other and like, well, I wanted this and she wanted that and then she got that, but then, but then I got this and like, there's this competitiveness that can, that can breed itself. And it's like, because um, we are evil. We have, we are, we have evil hearts. And so when to be able to have a heart, love has a heart that instead of rejoicing in someone's iniquity, your heart is broken because that person is, is experiencing pain and suffering yeah. that that you can come alongside them. And even though it's not your pain and your suffering, mm-hmm. that you can sit there and experience it with them. And this is back to what we talked about on the last point too, with like you can end a relationship with an evil person who has done you evil while still not thinking evil of them. You can also in that, you can desire good things for your quote enemies as well. Like you can look at the people that you you don't like and you find unlovable or that you've had to sever a relationship with the bible tells us to actively pray for them yeah pray for your enemies and still desire good things like the number one good thing that you should desire for them is that they have a relationship with the lord that they find a relationship with the lord that they develop a relationship with the lord that they can be redeemed as well we must must Desire that for absolutely everyone. That's the number one good thing. And if you can desire that for someone, what can't you find it in your heart to desire for them, to pray for them about? And that kind of leads into the next one, number 11. We're so getting so close. To 11, I'm going to just read through 11, 12, 13, 14. No, you got to spend time on 11 because that's the story. We will go spend, we'll spend time on each one. But I'm just going to, oh, okay. we're going to talk about all of these kind of like right in a row. Love bears all things. Love believes all things. Love hopes all things. Love endures all things. And I wanted to read them all at once to just blanket cover all of them with the all things. Okay? One more time. All. But what about? Things. What about? All. But. Things. There's this. There's nothing left out of all things, my friends. It's all things. So bears all things. Bears all things is covers, right? Covers all things. Anything can be wiped away by a loving attitude. First Peter 4.8. Um, specifies above all things have fervent love for one another for love will cover a multitude of sins it's really really hard to be truly mad at someone that you truly love so rarely do we truly love that's the point love bears all things so my mom growing up we had this wreath that she had hanging christmas wreath no it was a a regular day-to-day wreath it was just a circle but it in had, the house. Yep. And it said it had these little wooden bears. Like it looked like the outline of a teddy bear. Okay. Right? And it, each bear had a word on it. And it said, love bears all things. So there's four of them around and there's a little bow on it, right? And this I would, sounds just like 
our childhood. 80s, just 90s. Just totally yep. 80s and 90s. I mean, cutesy. But often. Sweet. And I mean often. It was at the top of our stairs headed up into the like the bedroom area. So up to the, the top floor. Um, and it was at the top of the stairs. And I would almost every single time I walked by it, stop and like go through this process of like, okay. Because um, it was put in a way that it wasn't obvious where it started. Like they were all equidistant away from each other. So you could decide to start reading it any any bear that you chose. And so it was the way they wanted it, you to read it was love bears all things. But you could also read it as like bears, bears love all things. <laughs> um, you could also read it that bears all things love or all things love bears. And it's yeah. like, and so I would stop there and I would just sit there and like read it through and be like, what does this wreath want me just to believe? Right now in this moment are though. are all Winnie the Pooh and he just loves everyone. Can I just for a moment insert, I'm, I'm just getting so much more clarity on our youngest son right now. Because Sullivan would do that. Oh my goodness. He would have to do it every time. Yeah. He would be unable to continue. The difference is that he would need to have a conversation with us about that. Every time. Yep. So I just, I've been waiting this entire podcast to get <laughs> to number 11 all for all things love bears. Um, all things love bears. To be able to share that story. So now I'm done. All right. Well, you can go to bed, I guess. But, but in all seriousness, love bears all things. Like There's nothing, if you are truly loving some someone... There is nothing that, like, what if there's nothing? There's nothing. There's nothing that finishes that sentence that you would say, oh, well, that would end it. Love can conquer all if you choose to do it. Right. And But the, the challenge is that there's some serious stuff out there uh-huh. that happens. And people can damage you. People can hurt Horribly. you. There are some awful people none that can do this, very evil things. None of this erases the fact that your hurt can be very true and deep. And the person who has wronged you could be could have done so horribly. The deeper the hurt, the more amazing the, the love. love. Absolutely. And that's that's the story of God. So it back is. to this. Like we hurt God so much so deeply. And that's what makes the love so amazing. Right. That's what makes his grace so amazing. And so like it covers if, all. if you want to love, if you want to love, it will destroy all evil. It will. Evil yeah. cannot beat love. Nope. Now, our challenge is that we get to our own limits. And at some point we say, well, I can't love that. And you're right. And to another point, it doesn't mean. You can't. It doesn't mean that you stay there and you just turn and take it. Like you can you can right. end a relationship but not end the love. Right. You can do it in a loving way. You and can the do it love, without bitterness. Correct. The love conquers all. Right. So love believes all things. Just everything it's told? Or what's that mean? I mean you're the expert. <laughs> I don't know. So love chooses to believe the best, right? Um, love doesn't believe lies. And love, and love, my goodness, we've been talking for too long, I suppose. Love doesn't believe a lie and it only believes evil of something. It only believes when they hear something evil, love only will believe that when the facts demand it. So it's like a quick trial, like what's being told to you. This might be a very terrible thing. You can't just say, well, I can't believe that just because it's terrible. If it's true you believe it 
But if you don't have proof of it, I think this is a good one. Like you're not going to give yourself over to the gossip, right? You're not going to give yourself over to talking negatively because it's entertaining. Is it true? Even if it's true, you probably still don't need to discuss it about someone else. But the point being. I see this as love believes in all things. And and I, I, it's tough for me to distinguish this from the next one, which is love hopes, hopes all, all things. things. It's optimistic. It's not yep. pessimistic. And yeah, it. Yeah. And that's true. Like you, you're opti- because you're optimistic. When you hear something evil, you say to yourself, I am going to choose not to believe that unless the facts bear out. It's approaching something with trepidation, with um, the knowledge that you don't know everything. Um, but hope is also, you know, hope for the future. But in a marriage scenario, it's believing in your spouse. Believing that they don't intend you ill. Like and it's, it's so- hoping, it's having a hope. And hope is not wishing. No. Hope is a trust, a trust in God. Right. That he's going to deliver yep. what he promises. Exactly. Um, and so it's a trust and faith that God is going to deliver. And so in a the marriage goodness. scenario, it's this this hope that, you know what, maybe things are bad right now. But God's plan is for them to not be. Right. God's plan is for that person to experience him, your spouse to experience him. Yes. God's plan is for you to experience him through your spouse. And to your spouse. And, and so in all things, again, in all things, in the ups and in the downs. Yes. Hope. Hope remains. And belief. Elizabeth Elliot always says there is always a way to do the will of God. God will, like when God wills something for your life, he will always provide a way for it to be accomplished. And if you are in a marriage, what God wills for your marriage is to be a marriage that reflects him and a, a an abundant marriage that's what he wills like he doesn't will for you to have a negative and unhappy marriage and he doesn't will for you to be divorced so what he wills is for you to be married to the spouse that you are already married to and to have abundance in life in that and that marriage, leads to the last one. Then. Which means that he provides a way for you. He will provide a way for you to accomplish that if you are leaning on him. If you're leaning on his understanding and not your own. He will provide a way. For you to endure. For you to endure. Love endures all things. And that's really, I mean, it's kind of a summary statement. Of it the is whole, because the agape the love chapter. will bear, it will believe, and it will hope. D- despite all evidence to the contrary you endure through all of those things and that's another like we talk i've talked a lot about through all three like shadows of the gospel and that's another one the endurance of love the endurance that we have when we love those around us is a sign of our love for god and a sign of our salvation in christ when we love god himself when we love god We endure in that, okay? Like one of, it's like there's like a three, three three-legged stool that John talks about that's 
one of the legs is endurance. That's how you can know if someone is a true disciple of God, it, that they endure in that love. If we don't endure in the love, we never truly loved. If you don't endure with your spouse, you never truly loved. And what endurance means is that there's something to endure. Like no one has right. to endure wonderful things, wonderfulness. I like don't have to endure ice cream. No, you don't. Or cheesecake. No. Sometimes I have to endure making it. Yes, but the the word endurance indicates some Level challenge, of strife. some struggle, some strife, um, some trouble. Yeah. And so this world brings us those things so, and so readily. Love what God calls us to is to endure those things, and in a marriage, you're going to have those things. You're going to have strife. You're going to have temptations to envy and be rude and be unkind and to um to think evil and to get even and to get revenge like that's these are our nature but love endures now it doesn't mean that all of that is just admissible and it's it's all okay it's just that that the love endures and all things anything and so you can say, well, what about that? What about this? What about this? What about that? Love, you it can't beat love. And so right. if you say that you tap out because of this, then you're saying that that beat love. And part and, and that's parcel, not reality. Part and parcel to our constant like bringing up of sacrifice in the Christian life is the fact that um, it you know it it's not a it's not about you. <laughs> is part of that sacrifice and you do not deserve anything you don't you don't you're not owed anything you have to deal with the fact that things are gonna suck sometimes like they're they're gonna be suffering and i think if you look at it and you realize that in life there is going to be suffering and in christ's life there was immense suffering he's already put his skin in the game and he's telling us you're going to do all of these things and it is going to be hard. I'm not telling you it's going to be easy. You're going to sacrifice and you're going to suffer and you're going to suffer like I did. And in that, you're going to have a share of the cross and you're going to have a share of who I am. And marriage is wonderful. Like we, you know, we joked in the first episode about like marriage is death. I mean, it, it, we partially joked like it is. It's sacrifice. It's death. It's dying to yourself. The entirety of the Christian life is recognizing that you are putting yourself on the altar. You are sacrificing yourself to God and you are sacrificing yourself to those around you. Never say, what about me? Never ask the question, what am I getting out of this? If you can get there, and let me just be clear that neither of us are there. We know that that is where we need to get we're not there. I do not execute this well on a daily basis. But it is something that has been revealed to both of us, that God is working on both of us. And we know that this is the goal, even if we aren't capable you know, of executing. You know what day. I love about the way God has set us up for all this? Um, like he, he sent Jesus to accomplish all this so that we could access him and we could access this life, right. that abundant life. But also what what Jesus accomplished for us was an example 
Like his yeah. There's and, nothing and in the marriage, he didn't already do. He put his he put his skin in the game. He didn't ask you li- to do literally. Yeah, and like, what leader is easier to follow than one who has already walked the path that they are asking you to walk? So when so when you're looking at like how do I how do I look at First Corinthians thirteen? And okay, so I can I can read through this chapter and say yes, that's what I should do. But like, how do I do that? Right. What is that? How does it play out? Basically, the only way that you can do this is you, well, you have to understand love. Okay, so you have to talk, look at all the stuff we just talked about. You understand love, and you look at it, and you see it in the life of Jesus. And we said at the beginning. Our, our love is the sign of our spiritual maturity, right? So when you're spiritually mature, that means you have a close relationship with God. The only way to execute on these things, even 20% of the time, is to realize that you have to be walking with God 100% of the time. It needs to be ever in your heart and ever in your mind. If we can't show love to others, our love for God is lacking. If we can't show love to our spouse, our love for God is lacking. All of this is about how close your walk with God is. That is how you execute. There's not some life hack, right? Like, I, I mean, I guess they're technically, this is our life hack. Hot tip. Jesus we'll is it. the life hack. Jesus is the life hack, guys. Like, if it's not going right if it's not going well, if you're if you're discouraged, if your marriage is in shambles, if your home is in shambles, it's that you don't have enough Jesus. It's always that you don't have enough Jesus. It's not that you don't do the right things. It's, it's that you can't and you, you haven't can't. recognized that yet. Let Jesus work through you. So, okay, the end of... 1 Corinthians 13. How does it end? Let me get back to it here. I'll read it. Do it. And now abide faith, hope, and love. These three. But the greatest of these is love. Love. Why? Why? Why is love the greatest of these? Why is it bigger than faith and hope? Because they're in a little triad. Faith and hope are good. Faith and hope are excellent. But love is the only thing... That is eternal. So at the end of all things, you will still love God and you will love those around you, but you won't have faith because as it says that you will, it says, for now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then I shall know just as I am known. That's talking about the end of days or when you're in heaven, when we're, you'll have seen Christ face to face. You will not need your faith. Faith is belief in something which is unseen. We will seen it then. We'll have seen him. Yep. So and we won't same have thing faith with in hope. Him. Hope. We will not need to hope in our future. When we have seen Christ, we will be in it our will future. Be our present. It will be our present and there will not be future hope. But there will love not will need remain it. because we will always need to love God, God and others. Is and he is love. love. So faith is not an attribute of God because he has no need to have faith in something beyond himself. Hope is not an attribute of God because he writes the present and the future and he controls the outcome. But love. But he will. He is love. 
and he shows us love and he's our example of love right and he calls us but he is that not, love but he is also i always feel the need he's not only love he is a great many things Correct. he is just he is righteous he is holy and he is love and all of those things work together but all of love is God. And all of love is God. And there is no love apart from him. So if it's apart from God and someone's calling it love, it's not using the word right. 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 So that was lengthy. And I'm betting without knowing exactly how long we've You guys are probably wrapping up part two. That's going to need to be the end of part two. Part two of... So we're probably going to... L-O-L-O-V-E. No, no. We didn't call it that? All we need is love. It makes me want to watch the Beat Bugs. Is that what it's called on Netflix that the boys liked with all the Beatles songs? Let's. How do we end this? Song? I don't even know. So probably what we're gonna do, I'm guessing, is go back and record some obviously inserted end to part one. And is then, this a conversation we should be having? Yeah, on the mics? I think it. No, I think it makes more sense because it's gonna be obvious. Yeah. So we might as well just say you are probably listening to the end of part two. Two weeks from now. Two weeks from now. And we recorded it all together. And because we could not shut up <laughs> and we're not sorry. This will probably be the first of many part twos. Thanks yeah. for sticking around. Yeah, seriously. Thank you a lot. I mean, it probably wasn't as much for you because I bet we can break it into like two 45 minute segments and actually under talk from our last two. Yep. I'm betting. But maybe not now that I look at my watch. It might be two two-hour segments. Yeah. It might be good for us, though. But I hope that you have enjoyed um, the podcast today with our new sound equipment. And I'm guessing at the moment, based on our previous testing, not echoing, not cutting out. We not, enjoyed it. We did. And so coming soon, we'll talk a little more about love and then we're gonna have some special guests on this we thing. are they don't spoil it oh i think we kind of we already, already have but it. let's leave it hanging all right out. well special guests coming soon coming very soon you're gonna love them so i think we're done for today thanks y'all bye